Welcome to Geek Exploration, the podcast, where we use the perfect intro for this episode in our very first episode. I'm John Williams. And I'm Ben Robinson. Strange things are afoot at the Geek Exploration studio. You ready, John? Ready, Ben. We're talking Bill and Ted. Excellent! Oh, hello, Ben. Hey there, dude. How are th- <laughs> Hey, dude, I like it. I, I should have thought of that. You know, it's funny how, how often we do use the term dude, but I never think of it in a way in comparison to something like Bill and Ted, where they use it all the time. But it's probably something that, ju- that is just in our blood. Yeah, as, as kids that were like in high school in the 90s, like I said, dude, all the time to everybody. Like it's gender neutral. Like I, I yeah. call everybody dude. <laughs> it's It's even like... Like object neutral, like it, it could be it could be a, a non sentient thing, like a pencil could be a dude. Yeah. Hand me that little dude over there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Growing up in California in the 90s. What are you going to do? Yeah. I dated someone once who hated when I'd call her dude. Oh, <laughs> <Really>? boy. <laughs> yeah. Did she prefer dudette? <laughs> no, probably not knowing her like or if I said man. Oh, no. Because that, that's another thing. It's just like, yeah, man. And it's like, I'm not a man. Oh, yeah. I use that absolutely gender neutral as well. Yeah. Um, so we went ahead last night and uh, uh, rented and viewed Bill and Ted Face the Music. Yeah, we did. It was uh, it was cool. It was getting together with some buds and watching a movie. Hadn't done that in a while. Yeah, no kidding. We kept our distance. You got like a chair and sat next to the couch. <laughs> so we yeah, like right yeah. On top I, I put of each a few other, feet, but... so so I wasn't just between you and Kyle. But yeah, it was cool. It's like sitting down, like hanging out a little bit, and then watching a movie with friends. Uh, it seems like it's been a very long time since we did that. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking uh, earlier today about you know the people that that you're not able to see or how often you're not able to hang out, and like I was thinking about you know how we've kept our uh, we've kept our kid quarantined you know because we just you can't control kids the way you can control yourself yeah and i was thinking man it's like if we go through like the holidays before she comes out to your place like all of a sudden you'll be seeing my kid again and it will have been like a year and granted that's still like five months away but that's bizarre dude shit she's gonna look all big and stuff yeah like noticeably more grown up Granted, it's probably the same for me and Angelina. We've we've probably grown a little bit during this quarantine too, but <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, yeah, we got together and we watched this sequel that that was like 30 years in the making almost. And I mean, without getting too much into it right now, I fucking loved it. Yeah, I thought it was great. I I think I've mentioned it before. I'm not a huge fan of like reboots or uh like redoing something, but I mean this it was clearly made with love by the, you know, the same people that made it before. And, uh, and it, it felt like Bill and Ted. It just felt right. Yeah. And it, it didn't seem like, you know, I was, I was talking to some people on Facebook about this earlier, you know, it didn't seem like, like the obvious cash grab mm-hmm. and it didn't, you know, they, the, the people who made it, it seems like they wanted to craft an, an entertaining picture that wasn't just, uh, leeching on nostalgia. Like, like, and, uh, Dan from the movie seller podcast chimed in on that as well. And, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but he said like, it was the right amount of, of nostalgia. 
You know, like like it was it was perfectly balanced between new concepts and old. And I totally agree with that. Yeah, it didn't feel like they were just like beating you over the head with nostalgia with no real vision of its own. Yeah. They wanted to make a movie and it and, and make it a Bill and Ted flick, but give you something more to chew on. And I think they successfully did that. I, I yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, that said, I guess we are going to be later on uh, probably talking about it a bit more. So if you haven't seen it yet, this will not be a spoiler free episode. Yeah. Yeah. This the the movie will get the shit spoiled out of it. We are going to go into it. Um, I do realize that it's only been out for a couple days uh, or a few days by the time you get around to, to listening to this. But that's the way our schedule uh, fell. So yep. we, we didn't want to wait several weeks to to do it. You know, let's strike while the iron's hot. Go rent that movie right now. It's it's worth the money. You know, get a couple friends if you guys are if you guys feel safe uh, with how people are living their lives. And, uh, and you can watch a movie together or wear a mask and sit six feet apart. But, you know, it's it's totally worth it. Yeah. If you're a Bill and Ted fan, you'll like it. Yeah. Like if you enjoyed the other two movies, this flick is for you. Very literally. I think they made it for you. Yeah. They've even said as much in in interviews that like if it weren't for fan outcry, this thing never would have happened. So it's it's pretty rad. You mentioned Dan from the movie cellar. I'm a little jealous of him because uh, he got to see it at the drive-in. Oh, like, yeah. They're playing it at the drive-in. Where is that? And I, I was kind of bummed because I looked at the drive-in near us and uh, they were not playing it. Oh, you would have been flying solo on that one anyway. I have no interest in fucking drive-ins right now. Sounds really? like, a, Why is like that? a hassle. I don't know, man. It just, I mean, I've never been huge on the drive-ins anyway. It just seems like a, like a less satisfying way of watching it in the theater. And I'd be more comfortable watching it at home anyway, if I'm not going to actually get the full theater experience. And I didn't, I didn't have like the big joyous drive-in uh, memories when I was a kid. Like I know a lot of people hit that like as teenagers a lot and had really cool experiences there. And I, I feel like I just, I didn't, I missed out on it. So I, um, I don't have the nostalgia for it or the desire to really do it. Bogus. Fuck your drive-ins. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, uh, let's let's travel back to uh, when when did you say it was a uh, nineteen eighty eight eighty nine actually I thought it was eighty eight ah. but I know I saw it on like IMDb today when I was looking at something else and it was definitely eighty nine. Man, what a big year for movies! Yeah. I didn't realize the first Bill and Ted was eighty nine. Like that was Back to the Future two. That was Batman, fucking Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and some others that I can't remember right now, but I feel like lately I've been running across a lot of movies that came out in 89 that were huge. I think maybe Roger Rabbit was also in 89. Oh no, no, that wouldn't have been that. No. Cause that was, that was Bob Zemeckis and he wouldn't be doing that at the same time as back to the future. Whoops. That's a good enough roster for 89 for me. And there's probably a couple other gems in there too, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's a good year for movies. At least I don't know what else was going on. Berlin Wall Man. fell or some shit around that time. <laughs> our our seventh birthdays. Those were probably probably pretty epic. Um, so, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Man, we should go back in time and, and prepare for this better. And then, yeah, no shit. <laughs> and if, if only we had a time machine where where we could say, okay, when we're done recording, let's make sure we go back and do some research. But then all of a sudden, we would have a great episode right now. Hey, maybe hey, we, we did. did. Yeah, that's yes. yeah, that's exactly what happened. I, where the <laughs> fuck did all these notes come from? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so in the first movie, we've got you know the the big the big problem 
is that they're going to fail a history test, then that will break them up and wild stallions will never come together and create music that unites the world in the future. Correct? Yep. For me, this is a just a solid premise for a movie. And I imagine what happened is like the writers are sitting around and they came up with an awesome idea and they're like, all right, we got to we got to fucking make this movie because it's yeah, two losers find out that they're like the key to a bright future. And uh, dude shows up with a time machine. He's like, yo, here's a time machine to help you pass your test. And uh, adventure ensues. Like, that's just a fucking solid gold premise. I love it. Yeah. And, you know, I've I've spoken often in the past about our writing method together and how we use the why not method, you know, where it's like, let's just throw an idea out there. And no matter how ludicrous it is, it's like, or was it why not? Or of course. Yeah, no, I think it was why not. Yeah, why not? And it seems like that's similar to what these writers do. Like they they play fast and loose. You know, I'm sure like somebody who actually studies like quantum physics and quantum theory and like oh well, yeah, I'm I'm sure they they would they hate these flicks unless they like fun. But I mean the, these are not these are not even trying to to have any sort of scientific realism. They're just like this would be fucking cool to see. So let's let's do it so people can see it and say it's fucking cool. Yeah, it's got a whole bunch of things that don't, you know, that don't hold up to like scientific rigor or really make sense. Like if time in San Dimas is always going forward, how do they show up in San Dimas before they and talk to themselves? Yeah. Like, how can they go back to San Dimas at any time other than that? I don't know. Uh and like, why is there a time? Why is there a time limit in the first place? Like, that doesn't make that, any sense at all. That was my big thing in the third one. There, without getting into it too much, like things in parallel times where people are time travel traveling are all playing out in like real time. Yeah, like it's it's, it's like relative real time, like two hundred years in the future. It's like no, they. they 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 don't they don't have to stay on the same clock. It's not running at the same time, or is it? But I mean, you know, that's the way it was in the first movie too. They had X amount of time before they had to get to the fucking presentation. And oh, that's right. And he yeah. didn't wind his watch. So full uh, full disclosure to the listeners here, I did not get around to watching the first one again. It's probably been a year or two since I've seen it. I just I've been really busy and and time got away from me, and uh, so. I, I watched Bogus Journey today, and I'm glad I did. But I was I was hoping you wouldn't get around to it, Ben. So at least I would uh, I would have a a specialty to talk about, but so that you wouldn't be the only unprepared lamo on the podcast. <laughs> uh. Hey, I mean, I have probably <laughs> seen this movie yeah. many more times than you have. I I fucking love this movie. I would uh, lay odds that that is accurate. So you mentioned a dude coming back from the future. That was none other than Rufus. Played by the legendary R.I.P. George Carlin. Yeah, George motherfucking Carlin. I love that guy. He is so fucking good at being like Mr. Fucking like like normal in this. He's just kind of a kind of a cool dude. Just telling him what's what, you know, showing up with yeah. a time machine, just being like, all right. You know, he puts on his sunglasses and takes off it's like, here you go. Party on, dudes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, I mean, he's one of my, like, top ten comedians ever, too. I fucking love George Carlin. Yeah. Like, his stand-up's great. Like, he didn't, like, this is a comedy, for sure, but, like, he wasn't the joke at all in this movie. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like Kevin Smith movies, you know, where he's a, a, a dick-sucking hitchhiker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, his wardrobe was kind of a joke in the second one. 
like the, oh my goodness <laughs> we'll get <Wow>. to that <laughs> but uh yeah no he he played it pretty much straight you know he was he was closer to thomas the tank engine george carlin than stand-up george carlin <laughs> oh shit <laughs> um and thank you very much for saying thomas the tank engine because so many people say thomas the train and it fucking rubs me the wrong way that is not accurate that is not what that show is called yeah and i even had a couple people like disagree with me when i was like wasn't he a tank engine like wasn't it thomas the tank engine they're like no it's thomas the train i was like i don't i don't think you're right i had that argument with someone recently and uh, i had to like google it and pull it up and like you know pull up the youtube of like the intro to the shows like it was thomas the fucking tank engine it was not thomas the train fucking assholes out there i hope one of those people are listening to this and they change their ways. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh shit. Like people are going to call me out. Um, so they get visited by their future selves, which I think is probably the earliest example to me of, of the idea of like, uh, like a, a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know, like, like something you think of where it's like, oh, okay, we have to do this at the end of this to make sure that 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 the thing that started this all happens. Yeah, and I like how that scene plays out twice in the movie from the two different perspectives. Like, that yeah. Cool. And like you could see all the people in that first scene, like all the historical figures like crammed into the back of the fucking phone booth when, when Yeah, and it. you don't notice it unless you know what you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah, you know, on the on the in, in the in the first instance. Um yeah, so they get this fucking phone booth and they go and collect a gaggle of of hilarious uh historical figures for their history project because they are going to fail otherwise um they are also i wouldn't even call them struggling musicians like they want to start a band but neither of them can play instruments yeah they're like wannabe musicians <laughs> yeah but they've got a band name yeah, yeah they're, they're they're wild stallions spelled spelled uh with y's instead of uh the right letters. The, yes <laughs> <laughs> and um man that so that air guitar thing um never mind <laughs> i don't have anything to say about it it's just like oh yeah that is a thing <laughs> yeah but the, i mean they're, they're like two solid dude bros that have been uh i mean like they are uh two peas in a pod like they, they, these guys they talk synchronously and in a uh very often in a, in a you know dialect that uh is very unique to them yeah, you know, I I got uh I was looking around on YouTube for just things to watch for interesting tidbits and one of them was like a making of documentary and it was really fascinating seeing them and the creators of the characters and like talking about, you know, their uh their relationship and the way they talk and like one of the writers pointed out he's like, you know, they never say yeah. It's all and, and then he said it's it's spelled like Y I A or something like that. Like, yeah. 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 And I was like, whoa, shit. Like that is, that's totally true. And it's, it's shocking when you watch these movies, how often they, like you said, speaking synchronously, like, like they, they talk together all the time. Yeah. They, they totally sold the friendship to me. Like Alex Winters and Keanu Reeves. I, I I bought that these dudes had known each other since they were like little kids and were like the best friends, like hook, line and sinker. Yeah. Like they, they, it was probably like borderline, uh, like telepathy between them, like, like just so in sync mentally. And similarly, like uh, they, they were talking about how when they were coming in for auditions, apparently they auditioned all sorts of fucking people for these. And 
I guess the two of them like saw each other. They'd never met before. And like they were both holding uh, motorcycle helmets. So they started talking about motorcycles and then they realized they had the same loves for theater and music and all sorts of shit. Like Alex Winter plays guitar. Keanu Reeves plays bass. And like they they became through the audition process, like huge, close friends uh, to each other to the point to where they would they would like test Alex Winters with like somebody else. And then they and they wouldn't feel that the you know the people watching wouldn't feel the same thing. So that and that it, it became so apparent to them. But apparently, sorry, I'm going off on a tangent, but at least it's still on topic. Apparently, uh, until they were both officially cast, Alex Winters was going for Ted, and Keanu Reeves was going for Bill. And then once they were cast, they're like, "No, you guys are you guys are switching." Oh no shit! Yeah, they 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 just felt that that, that that's how how the the actors would play the characters. You look more like a Ted. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine how different the movie would be? Because, like... Would it be that different? Like, they're not that different of characters. Like, they're in a slightly different situation, like, at home. But otherwise, they're, like, they're they're pretty on par with each other. I don't know if it'd be that different. Yeah. You know, maybe it's only weird because I know them as those characters so much, but like, I guess the only difference that I would ever see is that I feel like Bill can get a little more aggressive, you know, like, like, especially when, like, when Ted's giving him shit about, about Missy being his mom and, you know, he's, he's like the shut up, Ted. Like, I can't, I can't imagine Keanu Reeves is Ted playing that part. You know, like he, he's more like, the uh the the nice guy like more hippie like yeah yeah i can see that except uh like in bogus journey they did a pretty good job playing dicks of like the dick version of themselves too oh shit <laughs> i fucking loved that <laughs> that was so good <laughs> but uh let's see first movie um, yeah first flick they go they go and they find uh Joan of Arc who is not Noah's wife or sister wife, i can't remember yeah, who. yeah i think yeah. it was wife and they get Billy the Kid, and they get Socrates, and Napoleon. Beef and oven. Fucking, yeah, beef oven. Uh, <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. And Sigmund Freud. Oh, geez. Done. Was that everyone? And, oh, and Genghis Khan. Oh, yeah. Now, the 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 two parts that I love most, because, I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest. When I was a little kid, I didn't quite latch onto the movie as much as i did later on i thought it was i thought it was kind of weird and kind of boring to for some reason i have no idea why you're like wait a minute is this school are you trying to teach <laughs> yeah. you about these guys yeah, yeah. and like maybe i just didn't get the character maybe i was too young to get the characters as much and they were just a little irritating uh, which i'm sure i wasn't the only person who felt that way you know i've can you imagine somebody in like Minnesota, like who doesn't even know anything about like the California speech or culture or anything like being like, what the fuck is wrong with these dudes? Like, are they mentally handicapped? Well, I can tell you that's what my daughter thought. <laughs> like, again, she watched about 30 minutes of this movie and then left because she was like, this is hurting my head. These guys are too stupid. I can't take it. <laughs> and she left. You know, but the the thing the the couple scenes i always loved when i was a kid were when when they brought the historical figures to the modern time and the two scenes that were were the mall yeah where they all get all get caught up in there and fucking Joan of Arc is doing the jazzercise and Genghis Khan is like flipping weapons around in the sports store 
Beethoven with the uh, with the piano demo. Yeah, Abe Lincoln's getting chased because they think he's wearing their costume at the Photoshop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then also, of course, Napoleon at, at the, the water, water park. Yes. Oh. Uh, yeah, I love that scene. Yeah. He's like like he's like shoving kids out of the way at first, and then he's like you know like like talking to him like yeah, you need to do this. It's awesome. It's just like yeah. having the time of his life. And can you imagine, like, I mean, of course we've talked in the past uh, with, like, Goonies, and I feel like there was one more episode more. Oh, yeah, with Matrix, I think. Maybe. The fun it would be to film a water slide sequence, but can you imagine just, like, being the Napoleon actor, whose name I, I, I don't know, and just making, like, an entire couple of days out of shooting water slides? Like, yeah. the, the amount of water slides he got to go down. I bet his eyes were burning by the end of each day. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, because that's Deacon watching and that that leads to the uh, to the Ziggy Piggy challenge, the ice cream challenge. Yeah. And one, one thing I learned in this uh, is that uh, that like the two Ziggy Piggy waiters who are credited as, as uh, ugly waiter and stupid waiter, <laughs> uh, which is what first made me notice it because I was like, I saw the credits and I was like, oh, that's fucking funny. <laughs> And then I noticed in the new one, there's ugly demon and stupid demon. And in the, and in bogus journey, there's ugly seance guy and stupid seance guy. And I was like, what? These guys are in all of them. I was like, wait a minute. Like that's, uh, Ed Solomon and Chris Matheson. Yeah. yeah it's Ed Solomon and Chris Matheson. Like those are the writers in all three fucking movies crediting themselves as ugly and stupid. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> you know, that's funny. I didn't even notice in like, I noticed the two dudes in the, in the seance scene because they were weird looking, but I, they were ugly and stupid looking. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I feel <laughs> like all, an asshole. Saying that, but even, even Ella, Ella was watching from behind me, but I, I was still wearing my headphones, so she couldn't hear anything. And she's like, what's wrong with that guy's face to the first one it showed? I think I think it was Ed <laughs> Solomon. It was so, I mean, I think technically I Chris Matheson was the ugly one and Ed Solomon oh, was the stupid. one. Oh, OK. Solomon's the one with the glasses then. Yes. Oh, geez. But yeah, I totally didn't pick up that that was them in the new one because they had all the fucking demon makeup on. Yeah, yeah, and I I only knew about them in the first one because of watching one of those videos, you know, behind the scenes. And whoever it is, the the ugly one in the first one, he like it was really weird when I looked at the still shot that they took, like he looked like like a female. Like he he had some blush on his face and stuff. Like they they made him up, but well, he was so he ugly. Like, they got they got to get him, gussy him up to put him on camera, right? <laughs> It'd be funny if it, if it said like ugly female waiter. <laughs> his the the shot of him on IMDb, IMDb, uh, he, he didn't look particularly ugly, but uh, yeah, yeah. Like in in the interviews, he looked like a normal dude, and I was like, wait, is that the same fucking guy? <laughs> like, Maybe maybe they did that on purpose, like tried to make him look extra weird so they could call him ugly, whatever. Maybe yeah, so you could tell which one was the ugly waiter and which one was the stupid waiter. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought that, that that's cool when the, the writers are able to get themselves into the movie like that. Like that's, that's yeah. awesome. And it's cool that they carried it on throughout the entire thing. And it's I mean, it's also cool that that it kept the same writing writing team, you know, the creators of of the thing throughout the entire series like that probably really helped keep it consistent yeah i think it shows i mean i think it, they all feel like the same they all feel the same <laughs> <laughs> in a good way yeah like well, yeah, not they, repetitive but in the same universe yeah yeah like there's no sort of like jarring change all of a sudden um in the movies and we'll, we'll get to the 
context of that later. Oh, and the Ziggy Piggy challenge. You know, if I wasn't diabetic, I would join in on uh, that that uh, that back to the 80s cafe that we've talked about in the past. They have a Ziggy Piggy challenge where because they, they still have an, a thrifty ice cream. Oh, neat thing there. Yeah. And they, they it's like all the flavors and all their toppings in a giant dish and you get your picture on the wall. And I think they've even got like a like a bib or I don't think it's a T-shirt, but they 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 have a full on Ziggy Piggy challenge. Yeah, nice. Is is it the same amount of ice cream? Because that's a fuck ton of ice cream. I don't know. I know it is a fuck ton. And I know the people in the pictures that I saw were clearly fans of ice cream. Yeah, no, yeah. no shame here. Do you have to eat it by yourself to get your picture on the wall? I think you can you can do it in a in tandem. Okay. I don't think you can get more than one person involved, but or more than an additional person. But I think I think two people can do it together. Because in the movie, they had like four people eating that ice cream. That didn't look nearly as hard. Yeah. (laughs) Though Napoleon looked like he did his fair share of damage on that ice cream. Yeah. And can you imagine that? Like having not been trained to eat something that like sweet and fat and, uh, you know, like cold. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. You know, it's that, that, that was probably a shock to his system. I imagine in reality, it would have hurt his teeth a lot because I don't imagine anyone had great teeth back then. Oh, yeah. Like super cold sugar. Yeah. Not something your teeth would be used to at all. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't ice would have been rare. Like, I imagine they, they would chop it in blocks and like bring it down places as like a luxury. But I mean, he was Napoleon. Yeah. So he, he had some luxury. I've been to Versailles. Uh, the French know how to do fucking luxury. It's fucking insane. Yeah. Gold on everything. So when when they 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 do their presentation in the end, where everybody you know like Beethoven plays something on plays some music, you know Genghis Khan gives a demonstration, Abraham Lincoln gives a speech, Sigmund Freud psychoanalyzes something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but there is no actual like villain in that movie, right? No, there's not. The villain is time. You know the yeah. the, the, the they're up against the clock is is the villain. I mean, other than like. The King of England, who wants to put them in the Iron Maiden. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Execute them. <laughs> yeah, and I guess you could sort of uh, consider Ted's dad a villain. He, yeah. He's threatening to send Ted off to military school. Yeah, but he's, you know, that's not, a, it doesn't seem unreasonable with these yeah. guys. I think saying Ted lacks focus is, uh, is, is, is a reasonable claim. Yeah, that's accurate. Yeah. But yeah, there there isn't like a a bad guy necessarily, or someone trying to a, a person trying to actively thwart them. Yeah, like in the second one. Yeah, and in the first one, they meet they they pull some princesses out of uh, out of medieval England and bring them back, Joanna and Elizabeth, who who I, I noticed were different actresses in all three movies. Yep, totally. <laughs> well, I mean, in this new one, it's like very. Or I don't know if the, at least Aaron Hayes is very well known. She's she's done a lot of sitcom stuff, a lot, and you know a lot of big shows. And then, um, fuck, what was the other girl's name? Jama Mays, maybe? Or oh no, that may have been a different actress. I'm gonna look it up real quick, just so I don't do it injustice. But she's super cute. I've seen her in a couple different shows too. She was in the League and uh, maybe Glee, I think. Also, not that I ever watched that. She was yeah, she was in Glee. I remember seeing that in our IMDb page. Okay, so that is Jamie Mays. Yeah, totally. And she's super cute too. She's got big eyes. She looks like a like a cartoon character. Yeah, she reminded she kind of reminded me of the the lady from like the scary movie 
like yeah. scary movie three and stuff. I can't remember her name, but uh, why the hell can I Anna Ferris? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, they they do have look. a similar quality. Like I wasn't sure if that was her for a minute, and then it was not. Yeah, and like Aaron Hayes, like I think she is one of the most gorgeous women working in in the in the business these days. Like, and she's not like like one of those like super standout like how did this person get made gorgeous, but she is just. I don't know. She's like the ultimate girl next door or like, you know, like if, if, if you were going to be a pool boy for somebody in a porno, like she'd be the one that you, <laughs> that you'd want to be the pool, by, pool boy for. And she's just out there with a, with a, a mimosa or something lounging by the pool. That's Ted's wife. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The brunette who apparently maybe she doesn't do a very great English accent because she was not talking much in that movie. When she was talking, it sounded okay, but I was kind of shocked that she didn't say anything for the first like five minutes of screen time. It was weird. I did not notice that. So, of course, they succeed. Yeah, yeah. The presentation, like looking at it, like I've always thought, how long was this presentation? Like with all the, like, no they did like a super cut of it, but it's like, man, this thing must have been like an hour long, like, <laughs> like a speech from Lincoln and all this stuff going on. Like, holy shit. They are spending a lot of people's time here, but I guess it yeah, was really it was, exciting. It was an awfully big stage for for a history presentation. Well, it was like the number of people in the crowd too. Like, did all of those people go up and do ten minute presentations? This would be the worst fucking thing ever. Like, I think <laughs> like my kids' dance recital, and uh, that's hard because your kids on stage for like ten minutes of the three hour mm-hmm. presentation and the rest of the time you're just watching other kids dance poorly. Oh, gross. Yeah. It, it's, they're fucking awful. So I can only imagine if uh, that many kids had to give shitty presentations on history in one place like that. Uh, <laughs> it's like a week long engagement. Yeah. Yeah. So by, I guess by the end when someone shows up with like Genghis Khan and Billy, the kid shoots out a light and shit, uh, I guess that would be kind of exciting compared to everything. Yeah. Else. Um, so then we move on to Bogus Journey, yeah? The only other thing I wanted to mention was I made a note of how put out Missy looked when Bill's dad wanted to fuck, and they made him get out of his room. She's like, rolls her eyes, and just, you can tell she's just like, oh, I guess. You know, let's <laughs> let's talk about that real quick, because Missy, Missy was like a senior when Bill and Ted were freshmen. Yeah. And she marries Bill's dad. Is she just a gold digger? Like, is is that how it's supposed to be presented? Because I felt like they like that wasn't super clear. Like, it was weird to Bill and Ted that that somebody who was closer to their age was married married to his dad, and he had to call her mom. You know, kept forgetting to call her mom. But like, she wasn't ma- she wasn't made out to be like a piece of shit gold digger. No, she was like super nice and like bringing him snacks and driving him around and you know like treating Bill like he was her son. Yeah. And she she seemed pretty cool about the whole thing. Like, the only time I, I saw the facade crack was when she was like, didn't seem enthusiastic about having sex with Bill's dad. <laughs> so that's, that was the only thing that made me question it. That's interesting. And, and I kind of feel like that was probably something that was kind of, or that was from the why not school of building stuff. Like, well, why don't we make like Bill's dad marry someone they knew from high school? Like, yeah, it's funny as fuck. Let's do that. Yeah, because it's certainly not plot important no, at all. Not even in the least, but it does play through all of the movies. Yes, you know, like in, in the beginning of Bogus Journey, like Missy's there, you know, at, at this big event that everybody's at. But 
you know, there's just this little throwaway line. He's like, isn't it weird that Missy divorced your dad and married mine or something? Like all of a sudden she's married to, <laughs> yeah. to Ted's dad for some reason. And then at the end of the movie, there's like one of the newspaper clippings that flies by is like Missy to marry bad guy, dude, or whatever. I can't remember what his oh, name no was. Oh, no kidding. What was his name? Like <laughs> Denomalos or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I, I, I've, I tried to remember it a couple times and I couldn't. I know, I know it ends with it sounds Amalos. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, and then in Face the Music, she's fucking marrying uh, Deacon. Deacon, the little brother. <laughs> like, I love that the speech were like, like, and now my dad is his own son. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, that shit was so brilliant. And, and you know, like they, it, it was totally playing off, you know, what was essentially just, just a throwaway gag in the first one. And I like too that like, it's a time travel movie. So like becoming your own grandpa or something is something that is a thing that can happen except this happened not through that at all <laughs> yeah perfectly conventional but you still get to play with it so that was really fun and it's cool that they were able to get the same actress for missy all the way through too yeah i i i noticed she was the same one in bogus journey as as the third but i i couldn't remember if she was the first uh the same one in the first one yep it is it was the same actress oh missy so maybe she is plot important <laughs> yeah Yeah, that that would have been interesting if in a new movie if they made her somehow essential to like to to their relationship in the band and stuff you know like because she's been consistent through the i guess uh ted's dad it was also the same actor in all three i don't know about about the guy who played deacon in part three i I thought it might be the same one i looked it up it's not the same guy that played Uh, okay yeah because i was curious about that because because they got a lot of people back yeah, for the new one. Like it was pretty impressive. The roster of folks they were able to get back. Yeah, no George Carlin, unfortunately, but that was that was a good tribute, you know, to, to yeah. have the old the old phone booth there and have a hologram of him come out and have his little speech from the first one. You know, one one thing that was uh, that was cool about the uh, the first one and the effects of the the phone booth. You know, like it, it was very early CGI when they were going through that. But one thing I never realized until I heard the creators talking about, or I guess it was the production designer is that, you know how they, how they came upon that look for like the tubes and stuff that they're going through. I do not. What he wanted to do was create a look of them. Like, so they dial the phone thing, they disappear and it's, it's like they're going through the fiber optics of a phone line. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's it's like the it's wires like and the cables circuits and of time or whatever they called it. Yeah, right? yeah, it's the circuits of time. So it's that uh, I thought that was pretty neat. Was that the only CGI? Like the the actual going through the circuits part? Like, did they do the the lightning and you know, like the electrical effects around it with CGI, or did they do those like uh, on, on like on, like drawing on the film and stuff? Kind of more. Yeah, practically? I, I imagine those those were all just composite effects. Yeah, yeah, composite effects. Yeah, I, I I doubt it was it was I doubt they were using computers for that back then. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought that I thought it felt like as well. So yeah, and apparently this movie almost wasn't released. Oh really? Yeah, because it was uh, it was produced by uh, by Dino De Laurentiis's uh, company who who'd been around for a while, and, but the, and they they shot they shot this shit in Rome, they shot in Arizona, and apparently. Um, uh, fuck, what was it? It was either the studio or one of the production companies involved was going out of business. And so they were sort of like cutting ties and shit. And they, they like showed the executives this and they're just like, what the fuck is this? Like kids don't talk like this. And th- this is going to make 
no money at all. Like, let's cut our losses. And, you know, and some people said, like, oh, let's send it straight to VHS. Apparently, the studio was was even saying, like, fuck that. Like, you're going to lose money even making this into a videotape. Holy shit. They had like no yeah. faith in this thing, huh? No faith whatsoever. So then they uh, they went and did some test screenings in Southern California. And sure enough, like the audience and, and children latched onto it. And thanks to that, like the movie even came out like this almost didn't exist. Good thing they did testing there and not in like, you know, Mobile, Alabama. Yeah. It, it might not have hit quite the same there. No. <laughs> I mean, maybe it would have, but uh, definitely... Definitely very late 80s, early 90s, Southern California culture yeah. there, for sure. Yeah, so this movie, on I think it had like an $8 million budget. Oh, no shit. And, That's pretty good. Yeah, it was low budget, and it uh, it it became a smash. It became a cultural icon. But I guess they, they didn't really need to do a lot. Like, they had a little bit of effects. They had, to, like, the, the biggest set they probably had to build was for the future. And yeah. And I don't know, like that this the opening scene, like I was watching it where the the you know, the little brass capsule thing comes through and like lands on the ground in front mm-hmm. of the things and then it turns into the phone booth. Like I was looking at that and I, I could I could tell it was something that was like, you know, two inches tall. Oh like, yeah. Cause like, like as you can see that it's cool because it's it's totally practical because you could see all like the buffing lines and stuff on the brass, and then like when it's coming straight down, you see the like the scratches that are on it. And like they're, you know, they'd be huge if a thing was that big. So it's clearly just like a tiny little miniature like this big. (laughs) So I guess it's kind of safe to say that a uh, that a sequel was inevitable, especially back then, you know, and you had a couple of unknowns. It was a low budget movie. You could do another thing with it. But before we got that sequel, we got a couple uh, small screen (laughs) interpretations of it. You (laughs) know, when we were watching it with Kyle last night, he asked the question like, was was there a cartoon? And like we we all just sort of we kind of felt like there was, but we weren't sure. Yeah, I had like an image in my head of of a cartoon phone booth, and I was like, okay, like I I think I remember seeing something about that, but I was very unsure. Yeah, so we looked it up, and we found we found the intro for it, and you know we did have the question of the voices because they sounded like uh like Keanu and and uh, and Alex Winter. And sure enough, like they they reprised the roles for the cartoon and George Carlin came back as Rufus. And that's pretty badass, at least for the first run of the of the show. Yeah. When it was being produced by Hanna-Barbera. Yeah. They got them. And that was in 91, right? Yeah. 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 And because th- then they the uh, the studio decided to also develop a live action TV show that I'm so upset you found out about because I wanted to shock you with that. Oh, no. I had no fucking clue. Yeah. When I was looking for some, I wanted to watch a little bit of the cartoon. I saw the one that said live action on YouTube. And I was like, wait, what? Because I yeah. had no knowledge of this thing. How much of it did you watch? It was called Bill and Ted's excellent adventures the same exact name as the cartoon no shit like that's so bonkers i actually didn't didn't go through and watch an entire episode i found a video i was i was looking up stuff for the cartoon or just for bill and ted in general and then i saw something for the cartoon and then there was another another link for you know like why the live action tv show failed or some shit like that and i was like you gotta be fucking kidding me like there was there was a live action tv show and uh so i only saw clips that they showed on there they they showed a bunch of little clips but were any of them good 
No. Yeah, I, wa- I watched like half of the first episode and then like skipped around because the, the video I found was like two hours and 41 minutes long. It was like all of them in just in one block. I yeah, because it only it only ran for seven episodes before getting canceled, and only eight episodes were ever produced. I guess it's taken place after the first movie, except there's no princesses, and uh, like the first ten minutes of the of the series is almost exactly like the first ten minutes of the movie. Yeah, I heard that it, that it loosely followed the same premise that, but it just turned in, it turned it into like every episode they were getting a different historical figure. Yeah, well, the first one I saw, like, they had to go back in time to get, uh, like, they, you know, they, they blew their amps, but they had to, they were supposed to be playing at school dance, you know, and they're like, oh, no, we blew our amps, and, like, we got to go get a job now or something, and they go to, like, get a job, and uh, then Rufus shows up, and uh, he's just like, hey, you guys got to play the dance, otherwise, wild stallions will never be, which I assume <laughs> happened, like, every fucking episode. <laughs> um, Jeez. And so then they went back in time, or they were going to go back in time 15 minutes so they didn't blow the job interview and ended up like they had to like fix their antenna because someone threw a Frisbee at it and they fixed it with like a comic book they had. And so they went into the comic book and then I stopped watching. Now, what if this just popped in my head because of the, the repeating nature of all this? What if Rufus is like from the future and he, he like capitalized somehow really big on wild stallions or maybe even created them so he could like use it to amass some big fortune and be a total like dickhead but then all of a sudden like time's catching up so he has to keep going back and like fixing time so so the wild stallions exist even though they shouldn't so he's just been fucking with time this entire time even though like there could even be external forces that are trying to stop wild stallions from existing because it fucks the entire universe up. Yeah, Jean-Claude Van Damme should show up cuz he's, you know, time cop and Yeah. Rufus is fucking with the timeline. Yeah, what if Rufus is the actual villain? Oh, that would be awesome. I fast forwarded to like one of the middle episodes and like was so totally confused for a minute because it was like a cop show and and Ted was like a cop, like an undercover cop busting drug dealers. And Bill was like a, like a fucking businessman. Oh, weird. And I was like, wait, what the fuck is going on? And then like Rufus showed up and, and I guess, uh, you know, he admit had some mistake that caused them to have a falling out. So he had to go back to old Bill and Ted and be like, you guys need to stop the, yourselves from falling out and having, you know, this bad relationship. <laughs> it was fucking bizarre. I was like, oh man, this is bad. Yeah, one of the one of the episodes they highlighted in that video I watched where they like went back to the 1930s, but it was somehow like in like a noir movie. So it was black and white. That was the first episode. But like oh, they, really? It was like a noir comic book they went into and like they, they like crush a guy right at the right as they land and they pull oh. him out and he's like a flat piece of paper. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. And like they notice that they're black and white and then they bring a chick back. Oh, that's why because I, I did see a little clip where they where they bring the lady back to our time and universe and she's like i can see the front and back view at the same time that makes more sense <laughs> that's kind of she funny. was two-dimensional on a comic book <laughs> so yeah it was uh it was bad um if you're a fan of bill and ted don't watch that yeah yeah that guy's keanu reeves impression wasn't terrible but i mean the writing it was, was though <laughs> it was it wasn't keanu and alex winter god it was uh, it was uh yeah yeah, and I did not go back and watch any of the cartoon. Oh, but yeah, I guess once they started releasing the live action show, they they switched the voice acting to the TV show actors. 
to to have some continuity between the two. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. that makes sense. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I I try. I went back and watched some clips of the cartoon show, but like they were not. I couldn't find any full episodes on YouTube, and I don't. I didn't have time to f- figure out where to buy it or anything. So interesting. I wonder if they'll ever do like a like a Back to the Future style. You know, like 35th anniversary, you know, whatever that has like the cartoons and all the movies. And I would probably buy that. The cartoons might be better since someone's caring about whether or not they're on YouTube. The like the live action one was right there and there was no copyright claim on it. I imagine no one wanted to claim ownership of that steaming turd. <laughs> well, on a kid's show, like a kid's cartoon makes perfect sense for this. Like, like it's not like Robocop where you're like, hold on, why are you making a kid's cartoon about this? Yeah. Or Rambo. Yeah. But this is like, okay, these guys are like these goofy high school guys that go back in time to talk to historical figures. I mean, it's like fucking Peabody and Sherman with stoners. Yeah. On that note, like, are they stoners? Like, drugs are never brought up in in any of the movies at all. You know, and I personally love that. Yeah, I think it's cool. But like the, the archetype is clearly like, that's a stoner archetype. That's what that is. Yeah. And, you know, one one thing I noticed in the beginning of Bogus Journey was like when when they were talking about how Missy divorced, uh, divorced Bill's dad and was with Ted's dad, like Bill looks all depressed and he like chugs from a can. I was like, whoa, is he chugging a beer? And then I look and it's a Pepsi, but he's <laughs> chugging it like it's a beer and like he's drunk and angry. Yeah, I know. I noticed the same thing when like the the evil robots sit down on the couch and like, yeah, they chug a couple Pepsis and then like throw them behind them. <laughs> <laughs> like their beer so it's like yeah it's it's all solidly like wholesome i guess kind of yeah except they're like in bogus journey at least they're like flipping the bird and talking about boners and <laughs> shit so it's not yeah it's not saying, saying they're not puss weeds like uh like the real bill and ted yeah plus i mean do we need to address the uh the 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 big the big problematic thing these days like they they were not shy about using using the uh the derogatory term for for gay people in that at all yeah in the first two movies i noticed they used it in both of them but i mean this was the 90s i that was pretty commonplace that was not it was it was not now like uh yeah i used that a lot when i was in junior high too i was just gonna say i'm sure i called you that at some point yeah probably many many times but hey, good news, they didn't do it in the third one. Yeah, so they learned a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they did grow up with the times. Yeah. So yeah, Bogus Journey. Uh, that that Greek-sounding uh, asshole sends back a couple of evil robot guys to stop Bill and Ted from actually uh, writing the song that will unite the, unite the world and create the future. Um, you got Rufus, and we, we already mentioned it, a very... Very ridiculous outfit. Everybody's fucking costume in that beginning section in the future is fucking nuts. <laughs> it is so bizarre. <laughs> They've got like giant foam <laughs> booties and shoulder pads and capes and shit. Like, I, what happened to the future? Yeah, and it's so weird because it's so much different than the first movie's costumes. Like the first yeah. movie's costumes were like more generically futuristic. They were like yeah. kind of like you know like sparkly like lycra outfits and uh, yeah and robes. Yeah, like these guys, this shit is bonkers. Yeah. And the, like the bad guys are wearing the same stuff, but it's all black. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they still got big old stupid boots on and shit. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, and they're at like the Bill and Ted Institute or or whatever it is. You know, yeah. like I love that Bill and Ted 
they're like celebrity Gandhis in the future, you know, or ju- just, you know, people who, who united the world with rock and roll. And it's a, it's a couple of question mark stoners. Like, yeah. I, I love that. That's, that's their destiny. Cause they, you know, like we were saying, like they are wholesome characters. Like they are, they're harmless. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they, if, if they do harm, it was an accident. Yeah. Like there, there's nothing malicious in them at all. Um, <clears throat> but this Denomalos, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna purposely not look up his actual I name. Think that might be right. I mean, it's very close to right if it's not. Yeah, it's something like that. Um, he sends back a couple of robot versions of them uh, to kill Bill and Ted, and then ruin their the the what they say when they address the world that that brings uh, everyone together. I gotta say that uh, robot reveal was fucking awesome. It looked fucking great. It still looks awesome when they peel those faces off of their robot skulls yeah holy shit it looked cool as hell yeah whoever the whoever the effects artist on that was was fantastic yeah because they did that they did like the chest ripping scenes where like they show like we're robots and they rip their chests open and then they did like the whole remove your head and play basketball scene that was pretty fucking yeah. rad too yeah and like we mentioned earlier like shithead evil robot bill and ted are fucking awesome yeah, they are excellent. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, yeah, they're just such jerks. I fucking love it. Yeah, and they give no shits. Uh-uh. Like, is it, you're you're so used to seeing how devoted Bill and Ted are to the princesses and how much they care to see these these other ones just being total shitheads to them. Like, it's it's kind of shocking. Well, yeah, and just be, being assholes to everyone. They're like trying to run cats over and shit. <laughs> yeah, like when they first show up, they're they're like trying to land on a cat with the booth. Yeah, they are solidly evil dudes, and it's <laughs> it's fucking great. They're just irredeemable shitheads, and they don't yeah. get like redeemed or like, oh no, you're right, Bill and Ted. Like we we should be better. Nope, nope. They stay evil and shitty the whole way through till they yeah, get their and, heads knocked off. And they do it with the same um, the same style. Uh, and flair of bill and ted yeah like they still talk together and they still do like the air guitar and 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 they're all fucking stoked about everything they're just fucking pieces of shit yeah i, I like how like the the dava los or us guy like as the movie goes on the more he interacts with him he's like god i fucking hate these guys yeah he's <laughs> like, fucking irritated the at them <laughs> so spoiler alert for those who haven't who haven't seen this one either and you're still listening for some reason they straight up kill Bill and Ted. Yeah. They, they, they huck them off a cliff and then fucking hock Louis on their corpses. Uh, uh, yeah. And you know, the, the original working title for this movie was Bill and Ted go to hell. Oh, but they did do that. I think bogus journey is a better name though. I like bogus journey. This was apparently like the idea from the start when they first started thinking about sequels. Like I love that they didn't think like, Oh, we need to rehash and do another time adventure. Like there's, there's not really like the the plot doesn't hinge on time travel until until the very end, I guess, or the very beginning and very end. But, you know, this is this is them getting killed. Yeah, getting like killed they, and then getting back to life and then beating the fucking evil robots. Yeah. Um so they they spend some time as uh, as ghosts for a little bit, which I I can't say for certain, but I'm reasonably sure they just like painted them white and put wardrobe on them that was like colorless or you know meant to look black and white i think they did too because the way keanu reeves lips looked bam that's exactly what i thought yeah that's what kind of made me think they they just they just painted these guys white 
Yeah. And what's funny is, uh, I, you know, I was watching, this is when, when, uh, when the little one came in and she looked and she's like, you know how I think they made, they made him white. She's like, I think it was, I think it's paint or I think it's makeup. And I was like, Whoa, kid, like you called that out quick. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it looked good. It was a good way to do yeah. it. They, lo- they looked solidly, uh, black and white. Yeah. And then they, they did a little possession scene with his dad and like the, de- the, the captain's I don't know, right hand command guy. And like, I thought the dad did a really good Ted. Yeah, he did. The other guy was kind of yeah. shitty. It's like, like he hadn't paid attention to Alex Winter or didn't didn't try. But the dad was fully Keanu Reeves' Ted. Um, and then a seance sends them down to hell, which <laughs> thankfully, like, you know, I, I, I told I told the kid, you know, like, hey, there's some there's some monsters and shit. Because I remember when I was younger, just the hell sequences and the nightmare sequences being creepy as shit and i and i know i've got a sensitive little one so i i i told her to i told her to step away for that and i had forgotten how immediately you see a very large satan yeah and that's that satan mask is fucking legit yeah like, like i didn't when remember they do that the, at the all close up on his face you're just like damn that was a fucking gnarly looking satan good job guys yeah. yeah he's a giant satan like they didn't just like paint someone red and throw some horns on him he's like this fucking giant gnarly demon dude with fucking wings and his face is all like gnarly with teeth and shit and like yeah spikes and it's like a high budget guar video yeah yeah he looks uh cool as hell yeah so they get sent into oh man oh no i'm slipping into play-by-play but but it's <laughs> but it's fucking cool it's it's the thing i want to talk about um so those nightmares man like okay grandma yeah. did you know that that's alex winter what is it really I never knew that before until I was watching a video earlier before watching Bogus no Journey. That's way. apparently Alex Winter was super stoked to play the grandma and and when I watched it I was like, "Oh yeah, that is totally Alex Winter." Oh, that's and fucking rad. That's horrifying. Like, I mean, the the kid came back in around that time and I was like, "Oh, okay, whatever." I'll, you know, she was like laying down on the ground drawing and I think she was peeking up from below, but she started like calling it out like, "Oh, is that the scary part?" And I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, fine. You're you're okay." <laughs> But I, I like how like like she, she's licking her lips and like you see the saliva strings. Oh, she's got a bunch of hair and, and fucking yeah, nasty the ass mustache teeth hairs. Like oh man, Gave and I remember the, I remember that, that Easter Bunny being scarier when I was a kid or creepier or like all of them charging down the hallways towards him. Yeah, and you know that that was a cool idea. You know, having the devil say like like you know basically pick pick your own personal hell that you have to spend eternity in. Yeah, like that's that's cool. The drill sergeant guy, what was that guy's name? Something Oats. Oats. Yeah. yeah. He had some fun little insults. Oh yeah. <laughs> You're silky boys, and silk comes from the butts of Chinese worms. <laughs> yeah. Like, I had to rewind that so I could write that down. <laughs> it was like like he's saying like he was gonna bake them like butter buns or something. Yeah. <laughs> like he he had a lot of alliteration, and that that was that was entertaining. Because the funny thing is, like while it while it's happening. You know, Bill and Ted are discussing like what's going on or their options, saying maybe he'll let them do do the push-ups girly style. And you you like you don't notice, or at least I didn't when I was younger, what the what the guy's saying. This time through, I was actually trying to listen to his insults. I was like, oh, he just keeps going. This is very entertaining. Yeah. And I like how they fully do like four push-ups and they're both like done. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would not expect them to do many more than that. Yeah. And those sets were like, uh, I mean, the super early 90s 
spooky style. Like they're, you know, like, hey, Tim Burton does some spooky stuff. Let's just do something that looks like that. Yeah, <laughs> the, they did a very good job, too. Like, it's it's creepy. It's cartoony creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's all weird angles and out of parallel and shit. So, yeah, uh, so we have we have the personification of death in this flick. Yeah, and they Melvin him. Yeah. <laughs> so what exactly is a Melvin? Because I feel like in the movie, it's just treated like a wedgie. It's a front wedgie. To smash That's what I nuts. always thought, too. But they run behind him to do it. Yeah. So I don't know. But uh, the acts like his nuts were smashed. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, and uh, apparently because I, I, I looked it up and uh, the, if you do it to a woman, it's called a Minerva. <laughs> don't know why. <laughs> That's sexist. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they, they get to, I love how they, they play death in like current board games and the kid loves battleship. So that's, you know, something that she got to get excited about and she's, she's played twister before. So, you know, it was, it was fun for her to watch death playing those games. Oh, and, and speaking of, of death himself, like I love when they first meet him, you know, right after they've died and, and, and Bill, like it, it was such a, such a good character moment for me. Like Bill is like, it's the grim reaper or whatever, you know, like calls him by his official title. And then Ted's just like, Hey, how's it going? Death. <laughs> yeah. you know, and like, and like from then on, like they, they've got such love in their hearts. Like, like they're, they're not scared. They're not angry. They're not, you know, they're just sort of like. It's like, all right, here we are. It was the same thing, uh, like when they met Satan, they like walked up and they're like, "What's up, Yazelbub?" Yeah, <laughs> they're just like super chill. Yeah, they're lovable characters. I love it. I, I loved Death in this movie. I, I thought he was just fucking great. Like at the very beginning, he's like very, you know, it's all dour and serious, and you know, like you would imagine the Grim Reaper to be. Yeah. And then, like the more you get to know him, like the more like he, he's like vain and prideful and. Yeah, and, and just, best two out of three. Yeah. Best three out of five. And they're like <laughs> best of seven. He's like, you're damn right. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got such a fucking cool personality. Like at the end when they're at the concert and he like comes out and like does his little spiel. <laughs> yeah, you might be a king or a street sweeper, but <laughs> yeah. sooner or later you're dancing with the reaper. Yeah, yeah. and uh, not to go too far into it, but I liked how they played that in uh, how they played it in the new movie too. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like He's just, I, I, I like his character a lot. So let's, let's talk a little bit about station. What the fuck? Yeah, that's uh maybe that was one of those, well, those why not things that, uh, that uh, it was a, a little less <laughs> perfect in the end. I don't know what the fuck was going on there. Yeah. Like how did they come to the decision and the design and like, like, yeah, they really shouldn't have said why not so many times when it came to station. Well, and it was, it's weird too. Cause like in the, like in the beginning, like that's like everyone's like salute. They're all like station. Yeah. Like the good guys and bad guys are saying station and I don't get it. Yeah. It, it, I mean, I guess he helped Bill and Ted. So maybe it just became part of the parlance. I mean, he's apparently the world's greatest or the universe's greatest scientist ever. So maybe he yeah. did something else really cool. Maybe he like in, invented uh, like Insta Toast or something, and everyone's like really stoked about that. <laughs> you know, and it's it's kind of strange that they're up in heaven, and it's all of these like humans in in white and pastel clothing, and then there's just these two grotesque little <laughs> alien creatures with giant ass cracks and giant nose. <laughs> like it's so bizarre to me. 
And then for some reason they smash together and form one giant <laughs> one so he could build the robots. Yeah, and then he splits apart later so they could play the bongos. Like I'm not really yeah. sure what the hell's going on there. I don't know. It was I did like when Bill's like, what did he say? Something like, like you've got you know one big beautiful Martian behind or, or butt or something like yeah. that. And then look at his butt, and then like Death is in the background. Was like my butt is nice too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, and Death is all is all pissy because like they give the credit to Station for building the robots, and he's like, well, I I was I helped with the shopping yeah. and the. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Station's um, fucking weird. I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure where they were going with that. Um, maybe they just thought this would be funny, or maybe they like had a buddy that made like cool costumes, and he was like, "Man, I really need a gig." And they're like, "All right, I think we can squeeze a weird fucking alien thing." into this movie <laughs> that's no so idea. bizarre but yeah they get back and and uh and those the good robot uses make uh make short work out of the the evil robot uses and they just kind of like give up they're like well i guess we've met our match and they just stand there as they get their fucking heads punched off <laughs> yeah and then explodified uh yeah and i think they're they're even just like catch you later bill and ted yeah. <laughs> like catch you later bill and ted oh I, uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I love it. And then they, they have that great scene in the end where, where they're operating under, oh man, in the documentary, they even, they even had a term for, for the logic that they used, but you know, just essentially like, it's like a predestination logic. Like we're operating under the assumption that we are going to win. So here's what we are going to do once we've won right here to make sure that it happens so we can win. Oh, and they, and they did the same thing in like the first movie. Yeah. Yeah. In the, in the police station, yeah. go steal my dad's keys later and we'll go back in time and we'll put them right here. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a fun, like time travel paradox thing. Like as soon as it starts happening, like they say sandbag and a sandbag drops, like, all right, we win. We're going to win this. Cause yeah, cause only the winner can well, come back and do it. And and I love that there's there's that moment you know where Denomalos is just like well I I I'll place a key or I'll get a key and then he unlocks and you're like and an extra gun you're like oh shit and they're like oh yeah it, it turns out they faked the key and put the gun there you know with with a little flag in there it's like oh, I fucking love it yeah, when I was rewatching it I'd forgotten about that and I was like wait a minute they can't both go back and do that. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> your your scientific brain got pissed off for a second. You're like, that's the line. They totally got me for a minute. <laughs> yeah, because I did the same thing. I was like, wait, so how does it how does it change? Is it just whoever in the moment is assuming that they're that they won can can do that? I don't know, but it didn't bother me. I didn't give it that much thought. But yeah, they're they're pretty fast and loose with a lot of things. Yeah, and and I'm okay with it. You know, if if, if you're if you're the type of person who's going to get bothered by by gaps in logic, you're in the wrong place. Yeah. Well, because speaking of another gap in logic, right after that, they go, they're like, well, fuck, we don't know how to play guitar. Like, we're not good enough for this. And so they go use the phone book to go back and like study guitar for years and then come back. Because for some reason now the clock's not running in San Dimas. Yeah. <laughs> that was like the central plot point in the first and third movies. That's not yeah, a thing yeah. anymore. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? <laughs> they they finally use the logic that that some people in the first and third one like get pissed off that that they're that they're not using you know it's like no it's fine no time time is relative here like you've you've got a time machine if if you need to do something by a certain date at a certain time you can just show up earlier and and have all the time you need up until then and if you run out of time you can go back again 
Yeah, like exactly. There's, so there's there's no continuously running clock throughout the universe. Yep. Uh, it, when it's plot convenient. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which whatever. Like uh, this is not hard science fiction. I'm fine with that. And I I I loved how in the end the song they play is essentially a kiss song. You know, Paul Stanley and and uh, and Gene Simmons wrote and performed that God gave rock and roll to no you. No shit. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I remember years ago after I knew Kiss better, like listening to it, I was just like, oh, fuck. Like, that's that's Paul and Gene for sure. Like, yeah. this is a Kiss I could song. I totally see that. Apparently, they'd go and visit the set. And like, I guess Steve Vai was uh, was also like a consultant oh, on fuck. trying to trying to get, you know, their their at least hand movements to sort of match up because it's not great. You know, like it's a lot of good guitar and they, uh, you know, that it's not like back to the future where, where they trained themselves to make it look like they are 100% playing. That. Yeah. I, I noticed in, in bogus journey, it's a little, it's a little off. They did a good job with camera work so that you're not watching their fingers. Yeah. Though in the new one, I thought they did a pretty good job of trying, of at least making it look like they were doing something similar to what was going on. It, you know, didn't yeah. match up obviously, but to an untrained eye it looked pretty good they made yeah. a pretty good fake guitar there there were some issues with the drums when when the princess was playing them I, I my eyeballs <laughs> go straight to the drums to see how they sync up i don't like that shit on the music note though that movie's got a bitchin soundtrack yeah i mean it's got that song that's apparently by kiss it's got faith no more it's got megadeth and primus yeah and like primus is even in the battle of the bands yeah. like i meant i meant to go and look and see where primus was in their career at that point because, I mean, that's like, what, 1992? So maybe they weren't an act. Maybe they were just playing clubs down there and they were sort of getting known. So so they put them in the movie at, at the Battle of the Bands. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, Pepper was definitely early in their career. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't know. It, like, it was definitely before, like, Winona's Big Brown Beaver. I think that they got a lot of notoriety from that one in the, in the weird cowboy plasticine looking fucking music video yeah see i don't i don't know a lot about primus they were around and i liked it when i heard them but i never owned a primus album oh, i love primus yeah i could i could see why people do probably one of the top like 20 best concerts i've been to like they do a fucking kick-ass show they sound yeah. great and it's a lot of fun same thing with megadeth megadeth's really good live too and they were also in there just briefly like when they kill them megadeth's playing in the background oh yeah and faith no more it was playing like during the drive up it's just like a little clip. Yeah, I remember here. hearing the Faith No More tune, and and then they had uh, what was it, Jay? What's his name from Faith No More? Yeah. Like in the in the opening scene, and you know, one more thing, real quick, that I forgot to mention in the possession scene. Like, I loved that when they did air guitars, his dad was like like a Les Paul, like blues guitar riff yeah. sounding thing. <laughs> that was cool. It sounded like a, like a Clapton riff. Well, at the end when they introduced Little Bill and Little Ted. Because I watched this after we watched the third one where they've got daughters. And I was like, wait, you know, like, weren't they boys in the first one? But then, like, their names in, like, the daughter's names are, you know, Billy and uh, Theodora. Yeah, Theodora, yeah. So they are <laughs> little Bill and little Ted still, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, let's let's hit the third one, yeah? Yeah, let's do it. So, like I said earlier, I think it's great. I agree. I think they they did pretty much exactly what they should have done. Like yeah. it was, a, it was a good, fun time travel thing. I mean, it was kind of in line with the first one where they had a deadline that they had to get through and do all this stuff. It gave room for them to kind of, the you know, they've got their daughters in it and gave them some space to do some, some cool time travel shit also. 
that kind of ran parallel to that. And uh, it felt right. Like it had all the cool alternate Bill and Ted's like, like through time. Yeah. Uh, I thought the whole thing wrapped up really nice. I, I, I'll watch it again for sure. And, uh, and I think I'll still like it just as much. Well, and it's cool that, that, you know, the second one ends, but bogus journey ends with them, you know, singing the song and, 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 uh, saying the words to the world that unites everybody. And then the, the, the third one opens up and it's just like, oh yeah, like they did that and they made some records, but that didn't actually fix the universe. Like they, they didn't actually fulfill their destiny. And it's, it's something that's so simple, you know, you know, with the concept of Bill and Ted being these saviors where it's just like, oh yeah, it hasn't happened yet. You're like, oh, well that makes sense. So, you know, years later they are still very much the same characters. Like it felt like Bill and Ted and, I don't want to get into play by play of all the scenes and all the details that we liked. Cause you know, maybe somebody will hear this and they'll go, Oh, well shit. I, I do want to go watch that movie. Maybe spoilers don't bother them, but it, it would suck to give everything away. But there's the scene in the, uh, in the, in the therapy office, Yes, you know, where they, they've got a lot of problems saying like, <laughs> I, love, I you. love you. It's like, we love you. Or like <laughs> I and Bill love you. And um, one thing I noticed in Bogus Journey, when they're proposing to them, like, yeah. like at first when they're talking to them, they're totally saying we. Like, like they, they're speaking uh, in, the, in the plural, you know, with the two of them. And, like, it was totally consistent. It was so great to see that. You know, I mean, it's, all, it's the same writers, same producers, same actors. Like, they know these characters so well. Well, and I love that they were just able to step right back into the role. Like, Alex Winters and Keanu Reeves just, they were Bill and Ted again. They yeah, absolutely. Like they were older and this, but uh, they were same dudes. Yeah. And and, you know, I I don't think the trailers did this movie justice because like when I when I posted on Facebook, you know, that I thought the movie was great. And somebody uh, your your brother in law actually was uh, was like, oh, so it's 100 times better than the previews make it out to look. And I, I started thinking about it. I was like, you know what? It really is like you could watch the trailers for that movie and think that it was just some cheap chintzy mm-hmm. cash grab and like Keanu Reeves isn't the greatest in the trailers but in the movie he's so much better than he is in the trailers. I'm kind of glad like I think they undersold the trailers deliberately like the people that were going to go see this movie were going to go see it they were excited for a Bill and Ted movie like they I don't think they were trying to sell this movie to a new audience and, yeah okay I can and see I think that. they might have undersold it deliberately like uh, talking about spoilers I really want to say something and I, I'm going to say it so yeah fuck it do it one thing that I was super stoked about in the movie that they did not give away in the trailers at all was that they used the same phone booth again. They used the original phone booth because in the trailers, they show them like in the egg thing doing this and that. And I was like, okay, they redesigned the phone booth. That's kind of lame. But nope, they fucking hop in the original freaking phone booth with the right antenna on top and use that through the fucking movie. And I was so stoked to see that. And I did not expect it. Yeah. And, and, like I told you guys last night, like the first several times the phone booth came down from the sky and landed, like it just lit me up. Like, I, I mean, the first like 20 minutes of the movie, I just had like an ear to ear grin. Like I was back in their universe and that fucking phone booth, man, like it brought me such joy seeing it land every time. And, you know, this this movie wasn't I mean, it wasn't taking itself seriously at all. No. I was about to say it doesn't take itself too seriously. Like not even a bit. But, I mean. It's such a fun romp. And like we were saying, you know, they, they visit a lot of different Bills and Ted's and, you know, the, the, there's there's a robot assassin character that I mean, 
just just I don't I don't want to give anything away about about the robot assassin. It's just things are not what they seem and enjoy. Yeah, yeah, that that off guard as well and it was a pleasant surprise. I don't really have anything bad to say about it. I mean, it, it was it wasn't great. I mean like well, it was great, but it wasn't like Yeah, fuck off. It was great. It wasn't great. like a, you know, a phenomenal piece of cinema. It will not be winning any Oscars. It won't, it won't win Oscars. It's not yeah. uh, fucking Dr. Shivago or whatever. Fucking. Uh, hey, you said it right yeah. this time. Or, you know, Sophie's Choice or some shit. Like, this is not like a yeah, fucking yeah. impactful, meaningful movie. Uh, it's a fucking fun Bill and Ted movie. And it feels ex- exactly like that. It's And it was exactly what I was hoping it would be. And one thing that I that I can't push enough or maybe I can, maybe this will be enough, but the quality, like the effects yeah. are great. The set pieces are great. The future looks fantastic. Costumes you know, are it, solid. Yeah. Like, like one thing that this very easily could have been, and I, I, it kind of pains me to say this. It could have been Pee Wee's big holiday where it just seemed like a cheap version of, of something you it, loved. Not quite successfully trying to recapture the original magic is what, yeah. big holiday was yeah and and this this one just it did it in spades like i i i will i will probably watch this one more often than the other two to be honest yeah the stuff that needed to be practical was like the robot dude suit was practical the fucking big muscle suits i mean that you see in the oh preview. my goodness those muscle suits look so things good were practical the uh you know the the weird fake british ones with keanu reeves big fat belly it was fucking mm-hmm. <laughs> it was fucking phenomenal <laughs> and this was the first one that they that they like touched on any sort of substance abuse like like alcohol like the the later thems like the thems after they are there like that they go forward to see are like boozing <laughs> <laughs> like you know, like the first ones they see like he started drinking again and then like later on he's like chugging like ted's chugging vodka yeah, like oh, and and the the super old versions of them. Yeah, like that looked so good. I I was sitting there trying to figure out if it was CGI or practical because it's just it's so good. Like it's like fucking Captain America at the end of Endgame. Good. Yeah, was that CGI or practical? It was a combination. This, yeah, this may be as well. I don't know, but it looked good. Yeah, it was flawless. Like I could not find the flaw in it. Yeah. And Alex Winter did a really good job in this movie. Like, I feel like in the past, he was the the weaker of the two. And he did so good in this movie. Yeah, he killed it. I, I don't know what he's been doing other, like, what is, where has he been before this? Producing and directing, mostly. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, like, I, like I, I, saw, I saw an interview um, from, like, I don't know, at this point, it was probably, like, five or six years ago or something. And he was talking about how, like... You know, every once in a while, people ask about Bill and Ted, and he's like, "Ah, we probably won't do one." But you know, like, it you know, it'd be interesting. But I haven't acted in ten years, and and you know, don't. It was basically like a "don't hold your breath" thing, and it was really cool to watch that, knowing that it that it came back and it happened. Yeah, you know, it's like Keanu's really busy. I'm doing other stuff with my life, and like the writers and producers said that like they would come back to Bill and Ted every five years if they could. I would watch it. They definitely love these characters. Yeah. I think the the biggest bummer for me is that I didn't get to see it in a theater. Yeah. Because I think that would have been really cool. Not just for me, but for Bill and Ted to be in the theaters again would be rad. Yeah. And, you know, especially after seeing it 
and again, I go back to it, you know, just the quality of the film. Like it, it would have been great in a theater. Like Pee Wee's Big Holiday. I certainly didn't need to see no. that in a theater. You don't need to see Paul uh, Rubin's non de-aged hands any bigger. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, 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 I sure, I sure am glad that this flick happened and it, I'm, and that it was as good as it was. I liked what they did with their daughters. Like I thought that that was oh geez that, yeah. that was a cool like side storyline that kind of all came together in the end and uh, I thought they did a pretty good job like it, it was a little weird at first because they were it's like they were doing Bill and Ted impressions yeah especially especially Billy she was definitely doing like a Ted yeah like, like even the, the way she stood stuff yeah but uh, yeah I think you said said it like they they kind of developed their own personalities as it went on and. Uh, and I, I thought they did a good job and I like I liked what they did with it. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. And they they had their own version of like the first movie yeah, going on. Yeah. You know? Totally. And, and and very similarly, like when when they spot their dads, you know, getting taken to the future, they're just sort of like, Whoa, what? Like this is happening. And they just accept it. Yeah. And the, and and then later on when when they see uh, when they see Rufus's daughter, they're just like, Hey, can we go take your time machine and go try to fix this? <laughs> and then they just they just sort of do it. Yeah, Why not? Yeah, it was fucking great. Uh, I like. I don't know if I'd be super excited if they were like, "We're gonna make another Bill and Ted with the, with just them." Like, yeah, eh, no. I don't. I I don't know if I'd go. I mean, I'd I'd see it, but I, yeah, I, I'd watch I don't it. think it would hold the same excitement for me. I guess you know, and you know that some studio executive, if this movie does well, that's what they're gonna want to do. Yep. I but I. I just kind of hope the producers and writers are against it and that, that they, you know, that people don't, that other people don't want to do it. Cause I, I, yeah, I don't think I'd want to see that happen. You know, I don't want to see cameos from Bill and Ted. Yeah. Which is what, what they would have to sell the movie on. And I, I'd be surprised if they made another one. I mean, they're, it's been 30 years since the last one. Do they, you know, they're not going to do another one in 30 years. Like, I, yeah. I think this Cause did it. Spoilers. It seems like they succeeded. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This time. Pretty, yeah, pretty dramatically. <laughs> yeah, did you uh, rent it or buy it? I rented it. Fuck. I was so out of it yesterday, and I I should have I should have bought it myself, because I, I I saw that it was it was a $5 difference. I'd be like, man, I'd fucking own this. I thought about it. Yeah, it's 20 bucks to rent and 25 to buy. Uh, I'm just not big on buying things digitally like that because, I mean, you only get it through whatever platform you're using. So if I got it from YouTube, I'd have to only watch it through YouTube. And then I got to remember like where I have that and how to watch it. And Well, and I've I've started building my my digital library through uh, Movies Anywhere, like like the moviesanywhere.com. There's also an app, but they they work with I think it's YouTube and Google Play and iTunes. So anything you purchase on any of those platforms can be part of your Movies Anywhere library. Oh. And so that that's what I've been doing lately. Anytime I see like a digital copy or something, just throw a copy in there. You know, just ah fuck, no, nah, I should have done it. I was I mean, I was so wishy-washy anyway yesterday, you know, like I wasn't I wasn't certain until until Kyle said he was on his way up, I wasn't certain I was going to go up like 100%. I'm glad you did. Yeah, I was probably like 80% the whole time. But yeah, I, I, yeah I'm, I'm super stoked that, that we all got together and did that. So uh, you want to take a break, John? Sure. Holy shit, we've gone long. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, an Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. We're your hosts. My name's Cortland. And I'm Brandon. And in our podcast... 
We take apart each episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, scene by scene, and discuss it in detail. This show is prime early 90s Canadian acting at its best, or in some cases worst. We're here to laugh our way through 7 seasons and 91 episodes. So whether you're a fan of the show, Dink, No mister, accent on the dough. Won't you come play with me? Hey, we're just having a goof. Or experiencing it for the first time. We know there's nothing better than staying up all night with a scary story. Welcome back, Ben. Glad to be here, John. How was your break? Uh, breaktacular. Yeah. Um, okay, so, as you and I discussed, but the, uh, the listener I don't think will have been privy to it uh i think structure is going to be a little little light yeah i, th- I think so structure has been shrinking and I, I i think we need to grow it again maybe we need to come up with some other cool segments or something we can throw in here yeah because we need more of it it ha- it's not what it was before well and it's also tough when we are doing a movie property you know, yeah. especially one that doesn't that doesn't permeate the culture in many ways because you know, just just like with some of the other movies, you know, or like if there's like Goonies, you know, it's like, what's your favorite use in pop culture? Well, Goonies. There's the movie and the Goonies two video game. Yeah. The Cindy Lauper video. I don't know. At a cool lunchbox. Yeah. Like I mean, but yeah, yeah. I I hear what you're saying. So maybe we should come up with something that's more appropriate for movies that we could slide in. Yeah. I don't know what that is, and it won't be this time, because we already talked a fuck time <laughs> yeah, in the first yeah, half of this. We were going for a while, so everybody who enjoys how well-researched we are, uh, <laughs> you're welcome. If uh, if anyone's got any great ideas for a segment we could use in movies, feel free to email us at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com, or uh, like Twitter, maybe, at geeksplorepod. Man, I feel and, uh, like I dropped the ball on that. Was that your first time ever shouting out the uh, the email? Yeah, and I got it right. <laughs> uh, well, I know you well enough to know if you shouted it out, what are we at, like 65 times or so? Yeah. You, you'd fuck up a few times. <laughs> my, my endings are always flawless. I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Uh, so, John, what's your favorite use in pop culture? Oh, shit. Oh, we're going out of order today. Neat. Um, you know, you and I discussed this, and like we said with Goonies, like, what the fuck are we supposed to say? You know, because I yeah. think there was a video game that I never played. I think there was a Super Nintendo game. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And, I mean, there there were a couple different comic books uh, series. Like, there was a Marvel one back in the day, and then more recently there was an IDW one, but I didn't I didn't read either of them. I mean, I, I've read like one issue of each of them, so eh. it's not the kind of property that I think I'd really want to read a comic book about. Like the, the personality is so much of the movie or so much of the franchise for me. Yeah, and it, and it's the actors who who sell that. Like if you're reading, you know, a word balloon where where they're both saying excellent, or like you know, there's a panel where where somebody draws them playing air guitar, and there's just some like musical notation coming out of it, like. It's not the same. It'd be like reading a Wayne's World comic. Like, I, I don't think I'd want to do that. Or a Spinal Tap comic. Oh, shit. <laughs> they could do a Spinal Tap comic better than the one I fucking read. 
Holy shit. I, I, I mean, I couldn't even get through it. It was so bizarre. I need to bring it out to you. You probably have more patience than I do. And we, you know, we already talked about how not great the TV show was. Yeah. And how much we don't remember of the cartoon. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know, maybe which one of the three movies is our favorite. Yeah. So uh, I guess which movie is your favorite, John? Okay. So, you know, it's it's always tough, you know, like in our sequels episode, talking about, you know, placing something after the original as better because, you know, it couldn't have happened without the first one. You know, X, X-Men 2 was so much better because of all the setup that had to be done yeah. in the first movie. Same thing with Spider-Man. You know, Spider-Man 2 was so much better than the first one. But to be honest, and this may just be my high, I'm 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 going on I'm going third one. Like I oh, yeah? think you know, at least right now cuz um I'm going to fuck it. I'm going to break all sorts of rules right now. I'm going to mix my first impression in with this also. Um, I don't remember my first impression. I don't remember the first time I saw it, but as I alluded to earlier, I I thought the first one was just kind of boring when I was a kid. I didn't get it. I didn't get the humor as much, you know, when I first saw it when I was a little kid. So I think there's, even though I love it a whole lot more these days, I think there's still some residual energy on that. And like, I remember when I was a kid and Bogus Journey came out, I liked Bogus Journey more than the first one. And watching Bogus Journey today, I, I think that's a great film. Like I, they, they did things different enough from the first one to, to where it, it was like, it still felt like Bill and Ted, but it wasn't retreading anything, but same thing with the third one. And now that we've got all these years of perspective, and again, it may just be, it may just be the high, you know, that I, I really, really loved this third one. So as of right now, the third one's my favorite. Nice. I, I can empathize with that entirely. Uh, I think for me, my favorite one is Bogus Journey. Like it has been for a long time. Whoa! I fucking I like that movie. I mean, the first one's good, but it is uh, it is kind of slow at times. I mean, not slow, but like you know, it's it's simpler. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it it, it lacks as much of a spectacle. Yeah, and uh, and and I think the the juxtaposition with the the evil Bill and Ted and the normal Bill and Ted, and you know. The whole journey they go through there, they go to hell, they go to heaven, they go in the, you know, they travel in time, like they do fucking everything. It's got a proper villain. Uh, it pays off pretty well in the end. Uh, you know, I could say I've got a full on robot chubby for Bogus Journey. <laughs> uh, I love, like, I loved Face the Music too, but like, I've only seen it once. And I, I don't think I can, I, I don't think I can give it my favorite movie of the series mantle until I see it at least one more time. But it, it's a contender for sure. Cause it was fucking good. Yeah. And, and, you know, of course I, I, I call that one my, my favorite at, with an asterisk cause it is my current favorite, you know, like the, it does need proper analysis, but man, like, you know, like we said, it's not going to win any Oscars. It's, it's not, it's not going to change the game. But I can't think of a way that they could have done a better job with a Bill and Ted sequel. Like it, it was for 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 it being a continuation of the Bill and Ted franchise. It was perfect. It was lovely. Yeah, I yeah, I I, I can I don't have anything to criticize it on. I don't know if I'd go as far as perfect, but uh, it was better than I would have hoped it would be, and it is uh, it, it is more than good enough for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very happy with it. Now, what what was your first impression? 
I have no fucking idea. I don't remember <laughs> anything specifically about the first time I saw this movie. I don't even know when the first time I saw this movie or Bogus Journey was. I remember having seen them by the time I was in like junior high at some point. Yeah. I mean, more than likely we rented them on VHS at some point. I know I didn't see either of them in the theater. So Yeah, I I think it's possible that I saw Bogus Journey in the theater. I think it's possible, but I but I don't have any clear memory of it. Yeah. But you know, and when when Bogus Journey came out, man, like I loved that flick. And I even remember renting it when I'd go stay with my grandma. I remember renting it from the video store a couple times. Yeah. Like that, that, that flick is is solid. And like like I said earlier, it's just just like with the new one, it is the same characters and the same world, but an entirely different situation. Like, like it, it would be so easy with these characters, especially, and a uh, a concept like time travel to pull a, a Mike Myers thing and just just rehash all the beats <laughs> from the original ones. Yeah. And, and 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 call it a call it a new adventure. And they do rehash like they have some of the same mannerisms and. uh Bill and Tedisms and stuff, but it doesn't feel repetitive because those aren't the jokes. Yeah, those are those are characters. Th- those aren't situations. Yeah, like if Austin but, Powers said "Yeah, baby" in every movie, sure, that's fine. I get it. That's what he says. But when they do the same fucking uh, wiener getting covered by a banana and boobs getting covered by fruit joke in every fucking movie, too. Yeah, or the spaceship that looks like a dick. Yeah. Dick, come come check this out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the fucking, the sh into the zip it into the, whatever it was in the third one, you know, and same thing with Wayne's world too. Like I love the first Wayne's world and I still love Wayne's world too, but there's so many fucking just joke rehashes. Yeah. And, and that's, that might also be a, like a Saturday night live mentality where when you're writing a sketch and you're reusing a character, of course, you're going to keep all the same jokes, you know, like every, every, um, uh, Fuck, what was that? That one that he did where he was Dieter in like the in like the discotheque. And you know, he'd say, I'm as happy as a little girl. Oh, yeah, pinching like, his nipples his shirt and out shit. at the yeah. nipples. Yeah. You know, and and rewatching the first one, I kind of got that feeling of uh these characters seemed so I guess developed already and 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 jiving with each other. It almost felt like something that would have come out of a like a sketch show where Bill and Ted were sketch characters that transitioned to a movie, but they're not. You know, you you could not have set me up better for this. There was a note that I had for super early on that I totally spaced on. I missed it on my notes. And by the time I looked at my phone, I, I it was way beyond and I had no idea how I was going to tie it in. But um, Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon, actually, they had written these characters and they used to go to improv clubs ah. and like open mic nights and they would be in character and they would just interact with the audience. They wouldn't have any script at all. And and they would just have the audience like like shout out questions and situations and they and they would answer and talk and interact as Bill and Ted. I would love to see that if there was a video of it anyway. Oh, I was hoping they cool would show one. Yeah. So yeah. that makes sense then. So it is kind of that same feel where like these are characters that they knew. And uh, yeah. th- they'd worked with a lot. So they, they had them, they knew who they were and they were able to act on it. Cause it, it did feel like a sketch comedy or like a sketch thing moved to a movie. Yeah. Um, so I don't have any ranking lists. Wait, what's your second favorite? My second favorite's probably the new one. Okay. 
I just made Probably. you rank them. <laughs> but yeah, I think I would go, at least right now, I'd go three, two, one. Which is weird, because usually the first one's the best one. Like, it's such a, a weird thing there. And the first one's still good. I love the first movie. But yeah. uh, it, it seems bizarre saying that the first movie was actually the lowest on my list. I don't think yeah, I've ever and- said that for any other franchise. You know, and, and yeah, and that's not to talk shit about the first one at all, because like I said, when I was a kid, I wasn't the hugest fan of it. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't until I was like late teens, like early twenties where I really started to love that flick. Like I, I gave it another watch after years of not seeing it and I appreciated it way more. Um, so guess is that the end of structure? We go into to our uh, one word review and, uh, and wrap up. Yeah, I, I guess so. All right. You got a one word for us? Uh, yeah. You know what mine is, so I'm curious what yours is. Yeah, Don't steal what, mine. That's why I'm sighing, because yours is so much better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to come up with something better, I can I can take mine right now. No, I don't think I'm going to come up with anything better, because it doesn't... Uh, I haven't yet, so why would I now? So, uh, yeah, I went with uh, probably the most generic and stupid one that I could. Oh, are you about to say excellent? <laughs> uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was trying to come up with something uh, better. and uh, It's appropriate. Yeah. So, uh, fuck it. I'm going with excellent, because it is excellent. They're solid movies. They've brought me a lot of joy. I, I love the characters. Unfortunately, it seems, uh, from what I've seen, the, uh, the characters are very actor-dependent. Like, they do yeah. not trans- translate into other... Uh, other folks very well like the tv show was awful uh not interested in the cartoon or a comic book i like alex winters and keanu reeve doing what they're doing yeah but uh it's just it's fun you got like these two guys that are just relentlessly positive and uh stupid but like not like dumb and dumber stupid it's it's like a different type of stupid it's a, it's a more noble stupid yeah and and like in the new in the new flick like they've got they live right next door to each other, like in the suburbs. They've got houses. They've got wives and daughters. Like, yeah, they're they're, they're not they're not non functional human beings. Yeah, yeah, they're just a little naive and a little positive, and uh, they're just really good buddies. Well, and how would that fuck with you too? Like, if somebody from the future came back and said you are destined to unite the world when you write this song, and it hasn't happened. Yeah. Like, yeah. how how in the world do you keep it together? That's a lot of pressure, man. Yeah. And, and and thankfully, they had pretty supportive wives that put up with it. No shit. And daughters that loved them despite their their dads. Like, if I, if I was their kid, I would think they were absolutely fucking insane and codependent and weird. But, like, but their daughters just, like, like for everything that makes them weird and, and, uh, and, like anything that could be taken negative is taken as a positive by their daughters. Yeah. Well, they they are their father's daughters. Yeah. I think they did that well. <laughs> but uh, I mean, yeah, you know, it, it's good. I like it. I don't know what to say. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like I like that they put them through different gauntlets too. Like they they're able to keep these characters fresh through three whole movies. They don't really grow as characters that much. And, and, you know, narrative wise, that's usually super important. Yeah. Like they learn some lessons and they do stuff and they make it and they have accomplishments and whatnot. But like at the core, they're the same dudes. 
Yeah. All the way through. Like even the evil versions of them are still pretty close to being the same dudes. And, and I like that. It's something stable and uh, and steady. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I guess with with like the Pee Wee comparison, even though the movie wasn't as good, like that, that's another reason why like, like that was the bright spot of Pee Wee's Big Holiday is that he was the same character. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it was like seeing an old friend. He just, you know, stopped drinking or something. So it, it was a little less fun. Yeah, something was a little, little off. Yeah, he found religion. You're like, okay, well, I'm still hanging out with my buddy, but, eh. you know, for all the all the same reasons we just discussed, uh, my one word review of Bill and Ted the series is non heinous. I remember being younger and hearing something like non heinous or. In Bogus Journey, non non heinous, and then like non 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 heinous. I remember that. I remember being annoyed by that and just being like, "That's stupid." But I've grown to love it. And then I was watching, uh, you know, in that in that same like interview from them uh, it, or the documentary, they were interviewing them during the filming of Bogus Journey, and they decided to do like a a wordplay thing. Where the uh, the person was like would like call out a word and then Bill and Ted would describe it as, you know what what they would call it. So they they're like good and the, and then both of them were just like excellent, you know like and and they're like it's almost like they're in character even though they're they're you know the actors in an interview, and then they're like great, and they're like most excellent, <laughs> and they're like <laughs> yeah. bad. They're all heinous Bogus. or heinous. No, yeah. yeah, it was heinous, and then they're and then they're like oh shit where did it go from that and then and then they're like very bad they're like most heinous and they're like the worst and they're all bogus (laughs) something like that and and, and then they're like non-heinous like good like non non non-heinous bad Bad. and they're like non 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 non. you know they they said like the the several non and it's like a a double negative so if there's an even number of nons it's uh good yeah, right? septuple negative. Whoa. <laughs> but it, it was uh, it was really cool watching that, like, because you could see that the actors lived and breathed those characters as well, and and they were having such a good time together. And and I I watched several interviews, like that are more recent interviews with the two of them, on like um, the Late Show, or uh, I think there was one for Rolling Stone, and like the the two of them are fucking buddies. You know, and, and like they're telling stories about them being like, like, like the most exciting fan interaction they get is when they're at like a cafe having lunch or something and people like drive by and they're like, whoa, what the fuck? Or, or you, you know, they were talking about like people that, that walk by and glance and then you see them walking by again, like a minute later, like looking a little bit harder, but you know, trying not to make it obvious. Is that fucking Bill and Ted eating lunch? Yeah. I'm not one to want to hassle celebrities, but I might have to shout something at them. Yes, one hundred percent. I I don't think I would go and try to Party shake their on, hands dudes. or anything. Yeah, but I'd I'd man, seeing Bill and Ted in the wild would be fucking cool. Plus, you hear these stories about about what a great dude Keanu Reeves is. Like, I wouldn't want to bother him. Like, like I would have a stronger desire to not bother him because he's so cool. But I would, but I would want to say, you know, just just say something at them. Like, I I don't want to converse with them. I don't want to bother him. But. Yeah, you, know, you you know he wouldn't be a dickhead about it. Like he wouldn't be pissed that you ruined his lunch by by saying love your work or something or Bill and oh, Ted. Oh yeah, no, yeah, because he seems like a totally legit dude. Like he, I mean, he's become a bit of a meme. But uh, yeah, 
but from everything I've you know heard about him outside of uh, memedom, uh, he seems like a, just a straight up good guy. And yeah, I guess he's been like donating money to children's hospitals anonymously for like the last twenty years or some shit, and mm-hmm. he's just a genuinely caring, nice dude. Yeah, so he's he's like Ted, but smarter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Uh, thanks folks for hopping in your, your respective phone booths and traveling the circuits of time, uh, with us today. If you want to let us know how we did, um, or if you have some suggestions on uh, what we could do to, uh, have some more fun, um, or if you just want to say hello and want to hear your, hear about it on the, uh, on the air, you can hit us up at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. You can find us on the social medias, Facebook, the Geek Exploration, the podcast page, Instagram, Geek Exploration Podcast, or Twitter at Geek Explore Pod. And if you enjoyed today's show, uh, we'd appreciate you go giving us a five station review on Apple Podcast or Podchaser, your choice. Uh, we also have uh, swag available at uh, shop.geeksplorationpodcast.com. And as always... Our theme song is Cruising for Goblins by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Until next time, be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes. <laughs> <laughs>